the next one you'd want to replay <laughs> again and again and again, to be fair, because well, without a doubt this is yeah. a gigantic feat for our little radio show here um, in the Yarra Valley and in Perth FM, uh, Sport FM in Perth. Um, that is... On the phone right now, we have got an Australian royalty. 105 test matches, over nearly seven or 8,000 runs, batted an average of 45, 23 test centuries, a top score of 250. Then he went on to coach the Australian team to, well, amazing, gigantic feats around the world, um, including the only trophy they haven't never won. This guy coached them to, and that's the T20 World Cup win. Oh, amazing, amazing. I yes. feel a bit sorry for Nick Jewell now from the top of the show. He's, uh, yeah, well, he opened up. He's a, he's a good batsman. He's <laughs> a good opening batsman, but this guy is a, a very good uh, opening batsman. That's Justin Langer. G'day, Justin. G'day, Jack. Thanks for the invitation. I'm, um, I know you've invited me a few times before and I haven't been able to get on air with you, but it's nice to be talking to you today. Well, it's just an absolute honour to be to be perfectly honest and I can't believe that you actually um, answered uh, the text messages, but uh, thank you. Um, let, let's start from uh, tomorrow and uh, the test series in India. I mean, what a build-up and uh, what a series it's um, looking like it's going to be. Yeah, I said four years ago when I first, or five years ago now, when I first took on the role as Australian head coach, that we'd probably rate how we're going as a team on how we play in India in five years' time. And that's coming up. That starts tomorrow. Now, whilst I won't be there, it's the same group of players that have come through that um, period since South uh, Sandpaper Gate. And it's going to be massive. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's the hardest place for any Australian cricket team to play. Uh, statistically, you know, I think they've only won there once in 80 years because it's just so tough to play there. So it's it's mouth-watering stuff. I can't wait to watch it, and it's going to be, you know, fun for everyone. Uh, Justin, it's, it was here. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, you mentioned then that you, you thought of this sort of series four years ago. Or was that when you took the job as coaching, is that sort of how far you had to look ahead? Or can you explain that a bit more? Yeah, I guess so. I just felt that when I took over the role, we were, um, you know, the, obviously cricket was at rock bottom after what happened in South Africa. And you know, we, the, the cat, uh, Steve Smith and David Warner weren't playing. We had a young group of players coming in and out. And I just felt that the Mount Everest moment of my career and most of my teammates' career was winning in in India in 2004. We tried hard in 2001. We tried hard before, but always come unstuck. So I just thought if we were going to become a great team and be recognised as a great team, you've got to win in India. And that's what these guys, the, op- the great opportunity they've got tomorrow and, and for the next five or six weeks that they've worked hard together for four years. They've had a good last 12 months. And now it's a really good opportunity for them to, um, to win in India. Well, with, with saying that, then, um, obviously the Ashes series is coming straight on after it. Um, w- would have you... Um, how much attention... I mean, is it becoming bigger than the Ashes then, India and India? Oh, I think they're both on equal standing. And that's a, I guess it's a great tribute to Indian cricket that it's got to that point. But you know, Indian cricket has such a big say in, in international cricket now through the IPL and just through the, the emergence of the, you know, some of the incredible talent they have, but still the Ashes. I mean, what a, what a winter we've got coming up, or mm. still in the summer now with the India tomorrow. But, you know, India, then there's the World Test Championship for the boys, and then there's the Ashes. Like, mm. man, if you love cricket, you are in for a feast over the next, over the next six months. 
Yeah, Justin, we say one door closes and another one opens. And for us, it's with, with you getting into commentary and giving your points of view, which are top class in, in my book and through the BBL, you've just been top class in the way you've been sort of going through that. How have you found that, that door opening? Have other things come along as well? Yeah, it's been so much fun. It's, I mean, you imagine, for all the listeners out there, imagine if you go to work, or it was you and Jack do it, I'm assuming every day, but you imagine going to work, yeah. getting there, and then they put, they give they, they give you your clothes to wear, Channel 7, they're that professional. Then I sit and have a coffee with my best mate, so I used to play with Ricky Ponting and Adam, uh, or Adam Gilly works for Fox, I see him every day, Um James Brayshaw, Maddie Hayden, Simon Cadditch, Greg Blewett, and then I sit there and I talk cricket all day. <laughs> and I get paid for it. I get paid for it. Man, like, how good's that? So it's been a lot of fun. I, I, it was good fun being at the um, the Scorchers the other night. Obviously, I, I coached them in the past. Um, I know there's a bit, I got a bit of flack for being a bit biased, but it's, <laughs> if you look at most of my commentary, I, I get pretty fired up regardless of the team. So, no, it was great fun and, and uh, it was a real privilege to go do that for Channel 7. Did you think they'd get there, the Scorchers? Oh, what a game. Yeah, really. yeah, I, mean, I, was there, I was there. I mean, I, I've been lucky. I, I literally just finishing writing an article for the weekend newspaper about the success over the Scorchers over 12 years. I mean, they've won it five times. They've been in the finals, I think, nearly every year, maybe not one. Um, but for 53,000 people to turn up, it was about 39 degrees the other day. So it was debilitating heat, but 53,000 people turned up to Optus Stadium. And just followed it, and it went quiet. It was a bit like playing India. When it goes quiet, that Brisbane Heat knew they they felt. I reckon they were on top for a lot of the game, and then you know, Aston Turner run out. I thought, man, like he he played such a pivotal role to finishing the games, and then for the two young West Australian kids to come in and do what they did, the noise was. It was like having a Boeing jet going through the stadium. It was unbelievable. It was it was incredible. So. Yeah, I mean that's one of the beauties of the Big Bash. You see these this, these young local talents unearthed, and uh, you know that's really good for Australian cricket. Should that be a focus for the Big Bash, with the the difficulty of getting so many people into one Australian team, and we we talk about India? Should the should the Big Bash focus on on that sort of homegrown uh, new talent? Yeah, great point. Was I think it should for so many years. Growing up. And playing through Australian cricket, we we were our domestic system was revered all around the world. You know, I used to go to mm. county cricket in England. They said, "Oh, you know," the, and and that's why the Australian cricket system has been has sustained success for so long because our domestic system. And to this day, Sheffield Shield cricket still strong. The one day competition still strong, and now the Big Bash. And and I, I think you're you're spot. It's going to be very very hard to compete. When there's so many others around the world, other competitions around the world, and often at the same time, in this instance, South Africa, the UAE, you know, some of these these guns for hire can go from one mm. one competition to another. But the, it was an incredible advertisement for Australian cricket on Saturday night, and it, and I'd say for the last couple of months of the Big Bash, or the last five or six weeks of the Big Bash, local mm. talent great talent putting on a show. I mean, there was hardly any superstars the other night, and yet 53,000, the the broadcast numbers were excellent. 
and it was exciting cricket. So, Boz, I think you're spot on. If we can help use the Big Bash to keep sustained success in Australian cricket, that's a good thing for everybody. Can I give you one name, Spencer Johnson? Well, he's a, he is a good example. I mean, every team's got good example. I mean, the kid Cooper Connolly hit those sixes the other night. You know, a young kid from West Australia. Then you've got Spencer um, Johnson, tall, left arm. And, and, you know, he was unearthed this summer. Um, and there was a number of others. Brown from from mm. Queen, uh, from the Heat. You know, a big kid who makes his own bats. He, and he smacked them. I mean, he hit some, he had a couple of innings where he hits them as clean as you'll ever see a, ball, a cricket ball hit. So Spencer, I mean, and that's, like I say, that's the beauty of Big Bash cricket, Australian cricket. The talent gets an opportunity to shine, and that's really, that's so much fun to watch. And, Justin, your your commentary, I think, I mean, did you do some sort of research before you commentated, or is this, this just who you are because you're very passionate and it, it, it shows? Well, I think that for me, I, I love, I'm a storyteller and I've, I do a lot of corporate speaking. So I was almost, as silly as it sounds, I was almost in speaking form mm. by the time I got to the commentary box. But having said that, like I still learned a lot of lessons and, and it was, it's been, for my curious mind, it was awesome to watch. You know, for example, a lot of listeners would not know this, but in the commentary box, there's this little green button that you press. And it makes us look like geniuses. You press the button, and the first two tests, I was a bit shy to do. I was watching Punter do it, and, and Brayshaw and Simon Cat. They're all pressing the green button. You press the green button, and you talk to all these Hawkeye, and you talk to all these um, these statisticians. And I can literally ask for anything I want. Guys, <laughs> I can ask for anything, anything in the game. I can ask for in the green button, and no one else here. I say, oh guys, can you show me Woz's last four sixes or? Can you show me that Jack's last three outswingers? And then they said, "Yeah, no worries. Give us two. Just give us two balls, JL. I just threw the headpiece." Then all of a sudden, I'm saying to all you viewers out there, "Oh, and what about Waz's last few sixes?" And then all of a sudden, it comes up on the highlights. It's unbelievable, and it makes me look like a genius. So I said, "Oh, what about? Oh, yeah, and no, I just noticed, Hunter." Well, you know, Jack's outswing bowling. And then all of a sudden, oh, sure. And it just pops up on the screen. I look like a genius. Yeah. Punter looks like a genius. And I've got the little green button there. It's just brilliant. You've just given us our... Green, uh, green button's gold. You've just given us our uh, next whole year of promos, mate. Oh, uh, fantastic. Was it hitting sixes? That, uh, yeah. I've had to, it's better say, my outswingers aren't very good, I'll be honest. Um, now, <laughs> oh, take me back, uh, speaking of outswingers and uh, hit, hitting sixes and everything, I would... The Indian series, of course, starts tomorrow, as we know. But um, take us back to 2001, because that famous series over there, Australia on this absolute run, as you know and you were a part of, was it 16 test match wins in a row. Uh, You're going into the second test. uh, You make, you know, what, 500 runs or whatever you did, and then you get them out cheaply and then you send them in. Uh, Again, for a follow-on, which, you know, you you never did back back then. Um, can you take us back through that that game because it's fascinating. It's always a, it's always like it's a mythical it's a thing. Moment. Yeah, can you, can you well, take Jack, us back then? There, there, yeah, there, there was a, over a hundred thousand people eating gardens in Calcutta every day. Yep. Mm. So we and we get to day three. So day three, we get we made the follow on, and but remember, everyone's oh, you know, shouldn't have made a follow. We've won sixteen straight test matches. We are flying. Yeah. Six, and then 
not only did we make them follow on, but the greatest link in the chain was broken on the end of day three. We got Tendulkar out. Mm. The whole crowd, almost 100,000 people left because Tendulkar was out. Game over. Yeah. And it got to the point, we even, I, I can't remember who it was, it might have been Slats or one of the boys, he organised a box of Cuban cigars. Oh, God. <laughs> on day four morning, because we're not only going to win 17 straight, but we're also about to beat India for the first time ever, or 40 odd years, or 60 years. So we're all celebrating, da da da. And I'll tell you how that the, the spirits went from absolute triumph, that we're pretty well shattered because Raul Dravid and VBS Laxman, they batted all day. Okay. All yeah. day. Now, Jack, you just told me your outswingers are pretty good, right? Yeah, they are. Yep. I'll tell you about how bad that day went. <laughs> My only over in Test cricket was the last over of that day. Now, my mobile phone I'm talking on was a better bowler than me. <laughs> and Steve Waugh turned to me and I bowled the last ball of that, last over of that day. We tried everything. Really? I, it wasn't a bad over, to be fair. I was yeah. done for three off one. Now, that's yeah. a pretty good return in a good. test over, right? Yeah. But so we no wickets fell all day. And then they batted for a bit longer. They got ahead of us. And then we were all bowled out in four hours. So mm. the dream was over. So not only was our, our consecutive victories um, finished there, 16, which is amazing, but then we also lost the series in India, and that was a, you know, the dream felt so close, and yet it was taken away, and it was a shattering experience. What, what, did, what did you draw from that, that maybe even now you still draw from? Yeah, I draw from it, and I, I think um, what we did, we learned from that, and when we finally won in two, three years later, I drew a few, a few things. One, there is no room for complacency and you never celebrate to the last balls or the last wickets taken. So I, I've always known that, but that was an incredible lesson. Second, the margin for error in India is so small and the momentum shifts can change so quickly. And when they do, they can be so fast. So mm. you've got to be on your guard all the time. In India, you've got to be on your guard the whole time because it can just change so quickly. So that's the other thing I learned. And the other thing about playing in India, it is suffocating. It's a place of extremes. Like, it spins more than anywhere in the world. It's hotter than anywhere in the world. It's dustier than anywhere in the world. There's more people than anywhere in, that you'll ever play with. Even at, back at the hotel, your only real reprieve from the claustrophobia is in your hotel room. And even in the, host, in the hotels, it's like Madison Square Gardens. There's people everywhere. <laughs> You just can't escape, you know, you can't escape anything. So everything is, uh, uh, it's a world of extremes in India and you've got to be, you've got to have resilience, you've got to have endurance, you've got to be concentrating all the ball, every single ball, and for that it's so tiring. So, and that's why we call it the Mount Everest Tour. Yeah. And that's why for Australia to win this series starting tomorrow, they're going to have to have everything go their way and they're going to have to be on top of their game the whole time because... It is tough to win there. Yeah. Well, the other thing you probably learnt in that series was uh, never make anyone follow on again because I don't think uh, no. throughout your time <laughs> you did that. Yeah, I know. And like I can say, Jack, there's a lot of talk about the follow on, but we were flying, honestly, at yeah. the time. Yeah, we might have talked about it, and, and but it just felt like the right thing to do at that time. And, and 
And look, how often do two batsmen bat all day yeah. on a spinning wicket on day four in India? <laughs> and we had Warney. And we, it wasn't as if we had any marks. We had Warney bowling for yeah. us. We so you know, everything was running in our favor. And like I say, in that second innings, having made them follow on, we got 10 de- Dulker out cheaply. Yeah. They were forfeit overnight. So, you know, we can look at that follow on. But at the time, it seemed the right thing to do. Um, we just weren't, uh, we were just outplayed on one day and then they they were all over us on the final day and we bowled out quickly. Um, how frustrating would it be uh, for Andrew McDonald now, but uh, just say uh, you were the coach, uh, that you, you're presented with a pitch that they've been presented with, um, that it looks like it's, uh, and it's been quoted as straight up pitch doctoring, like um, going into tomorrow's game. Um, is that sort of, does that, would that annoy you at all or was that, does it surprise you that India are doing this, or how's the emotions going not into this pitch? Into it. No, not really. I, I just think you know, that's one of the things about home ground advantage, isn't it? And I haven't seen the wicket. I haven't spoken. You know, I haven't even looked at any of that at this stage because it's always very hard to read a pitch. And you'll know. I mean, you'll know at the end of the game how the pitch plays. So you don't tend to read much into it. I won't be a surprise to any of the boys over there. Um, they know they're going to play on spinning wickets. I mean, that's how that's the formula that works in uh, India. Always has, and and that's why I go, I go back to it. It's so hard to play. It's a bit like when you play India. It's, and I often describe it. It's like if we eat chili for the first time, it burns our mouth, right? Mm. But for Indians, they're brought up on it. They're almost they have in, they have chili from from a very young age. But for us, it can be really for a lot of us it can be really foreign it's like the spinning wickets over there it spins but they're bought up on it it's, it's like it's, they're, it's like this is what they do and and that's what it won't be a surprise to any of the Australians that they're going to play on a spinning wicket now for the series upcoming I'm looking at Marnus and I know you're you're a big fan um, can we expect something something great from him well what you can expect from Marnus and Steve Smith particularly they will be doing everything humanly possible to be ready for the event. I mean, I've never seen two guys who work harder. Maybe Cameron Bancroft in this current current crop, but no one works harder and there's no better problem solvers than those two. So that, who knows how the results will go. It's really hard to predict. But what you do know is they'll be incredibly well prepared and they play spin well. You know, the Australians have got... Two very senior opening batsmen in Davy and Usman Kawaja, who has an incredible last 12 months. Mm. Uh, you've got two batters who average over 60 in Test cricket in in Smithy and and Uz, um, and Manus. You know, Travis Head has been in the form of his life. Mm. You know, he's playing a different game. I mean, what I've watched him Trav over the last 12 months. You know, all last summer against England as well. He is playing a different level. It's, it's so exciting to watch. You've got either Matt Renshaw, I'd say, or Cameron Green, who are you know, good, very, very good young players. And you've got a world-class bowling attack. What, what we will miss is Hazelwood being injured and Mitchell Stark being injured. Um, but Scotty Bowling, now they've got to work out their formula of whether they go for the extra spinner or they go for the extra fast bowler. So, yeah, time will tell, but it's going to be great to watch. Fascinating. Fascinating. Hey, Justin, that's an absolute thrill getting you on for this long, but I just want a quick word on a season preview for the Eagles. Um, you're a board member as well uh, for them. Um, how, how are we going yeah, to improve? I love, my footy. I love my footy, and all I'd say is my prediction will be that um, history says that the club 
rarely stays down for very long. I've yeah, never seen an organisation that's as professional. Um, I know they hurt from last year, and I know they're working extremely hard to remedy that. So uh, it's an exciting time to be around the footy. A lot of people were saying to me last year, oh, must be a tough time to be on the board. But I said, no, it's the best time to be on the board. Because in, in those times, it's when you find out about people and you find out about systems. And I think that the West Coast Eagles is a magnificent footy club and they won't be down for too long. Oh, that scares a lot of us, I'm sure. You know, I'm Melbourne and was his north. So, yeah, we're, all right. we're all scared of the Eagles, I'm, I'm sure of it, because you're right. They, they're never down for too long. Hey, Justin, we'll leave it there, mate. You've been an absolute superstar thank giving us so uh, all of this time. So thank you very much. My pleasure, guys. Thanks again, and hopefully we'll chat again soon. Oh, I hope Thanks, so. Justin. Definitely. Good, good man. That's Appreciate cool. it. Justin Langer. Ex-Australian cricket coach and superstar opening batsman. Oh, boy. I could listen to him for a lot. Oh, yes.